Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Hey guys, this is Anthony again, and you're now listening to The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. But before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to the podcasting world and how it's changing the game for information being received around the world. I want to give a special shout out to podcasts like Another Round with Heaven and Tracy that are with BuzzFeed. They keep me laughing like no other, especially with Tracy's jokes, and I can't get enough of the read and Kid Fury's melody of music when the show starts. Nope, he can't sing, but he definitely be singing his little heart out. This episode of The Reality Is is brought to you by Robert Poe Photography, where they capture the moment in every smile. Robert Poe Photography provides services for every occasion, from wedding to food photography, and they guarantee a 48-hour turnaround on every session. So for more information, go to robertpoephotography.com. Let's get to it. cancer and right now i have his good friends and some of my good friends and my brother on the line jermaine robert and uh bo scott from texacana how you guys doing today we're good man pretty good that's good that's good man um one of the biggest things that i remembered about john of course we all knew he was great um on the bass guitar and uh growing up i was having a conversation with someone um on facebook earlier this week and we were talking about how he was cold with the left hand in basketball you know how he thought he was scotty pippen but he really was like charles oakley <laughs> uh bo what was one of your fondest memories of uh john well uh definitely the, the basketball the, the left hand fadeaway that was pretty lethal yeah my boy had pretty much mastered that so uh yeah i remember that in, in a great way and uh, we called ourselves the boot camp click I know you remember that <laughs> yeah anyway. I remember that in Twin City and click I, yeah <laughs> hey you hear me yeah we, we went all across Texarkana and we would go to other churches and play man we did we, we kicked some butt so yeah. I definitely remember that and then the, the one main story I remember is one time we were still in high school remember John had got in that red truck yeah yeah his dad had bought him yeah and we were flying down state line man he was talking to me I'm sitting in the passenger seat and we were coming up to the uh the stoplight right by Burger King yeah and he was flying still going forward and I'm looking at him and he just was talking and I'm like man the lights turned red already <laughs> about two three seconds and he yeah. just kept talking and, and we shot right through it bro and uh this guy was looking over that night man yeah a few fine men with me yeah I tell the um I was actually talking to Sean James the other night and he was saying um um he was like you remember that time John saved you when we had that wreck uh, in the van when we were driving up to Dallas and the diesel hit us, and I was like, yeah, I remember that. And um, for anybody who didn't know John, like I said on um, on Facebook, I was like, he was selfish, but he was selfless um, at the same yeah. time. And basically what had happened was uh, a diesel hit us uh, coming up 30, 
And I may have been like 11 years old. John was like 14. And John, you know, if anybody knows him, he's like 6'1", 6'2". Maybe, well, he's probably about 6'1", 6'2", then. And um, probably about like 185 pounds. And like when the diesel hit the side of the truck, like it could have hit me and the glass shattered into the van and John threw himself on top of me. Uh, to protect me, man, like a little brother. And, and, and that's one of the things that stand out to me. And for me also, I've never had a roommate. John was my only roommate. And, you know, we we went through a lot of things. You know, we had our disputes. We had our debates, like every friendship. But, I mean, I have I really do have more uh, good memories about John, man, than bad memories. And it's definitely, you know, hard to think about him not being here. I know I've thought about it every day. And, you know, I've, I've sent my condolences to his family, especially Paul and, and Jeremy, man, I know those guys was close. Anybody in Dallas knows Paul Cannon and the band. And, you know, those guys, they, they rode deep. You know, Jones on the bass and Jeremy is on the drums and Paul is the lead singer. Then they have Jennifer and Jamal, who's great at singing. And, you know, their their parents was, you know, our spiritual leaders growing up. And, you know, they lost their father last year around like August or September. So, you know, my prayers definitely, definitely go out to them, man, to be able to, to from suffering two losses from, you know, their father to the youngest son, man, I like I said, if it's not easy for us, man, I know it's not easy for them. And I just wanted to, to send my condolences to the Cannon family. And, uh, Bo, man, I appreciate you calling in. Do you have anything uh, else to say, man? Man, you know, that was that was our boy, you know. I mean, I know when you get older, you kind of grow apart. Yeah. You know, grow your separate ways in life. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure he's gathered some friends since then. Yeah. Since we uh, graduated high school and all that, but the friendship – that friendship we had coming up, like we know John. Yeah. Some people know him because they've seen him playing bass and all that. Yeah. But, but we know to know, John. yeah, we know the, we yeah. know everything. We yeah. from birth all the way up to school. Yeah. Like yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, if you can call him John, John, you really do know. John. You know, you really do know John, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I, you know, I, like I said, it's with a heavy heart that I say, man, I love you, uh, John Cannon, man. I know you're watching down. I know you know you're in a better place than all of us right now. And uh, we appreciate everything you did and everything you left behind for trying to teach me how to play the bass. I was not successful at that. You and your brother, you know, picked up those skills. I didn't get those skills. You me. I picked it up. I'm still going. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we definitely appreciate that, man. And um, to all, you know, the Cannon family, if you guys need anything, you know, you can reach out to all of us. And we definitely are here, man. And we'll see you guys soon. Uh, Bo, man, I appreciate you for calling in, bro. Keep listening to the show. Let somebody know about the show, man. And I'll definitely be seeing you soon, too, bro. All right, man. Thank you. All right, man. You too, man. Take it easy. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. DJ Ready Rare. Damn. Who knew? All the planes we flew, good things we've been through. That I'll be standing right here talking to you about another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever pays. Now I see you in a better place. Talk about family when family's all that we got Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side And now you gon' be with me for the last it's ride It's been a long day Without you, my friend Guest LaShondra Rucker here, SheFlirty.com How you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good How you doing, Christian and Gary, man? I'm good, I'm trekking down this highway to go see some family But I'm with you all in spirit and voice you sound like you're on your way out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Chris, you doing all right, bro? I know you're on the road coming this way, man. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hell of a morning, but like you say, the reality is, shit happens. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so, uh, Ms. Rucker, if you can give us a give us an introduction of yourself, I know you are the author of the She Flirty blog. Um, what made you want to get into that? Um, what started it was when growing up, I was I've always been a storyteller. Like yeah. my first book was I wrote my dad this story and about how well he isn't my real dad so yeah. i wrote him a story about how i felt like he um stepped up to be my father mm -hmm. and so i put all of my thoughts into this little book so from then i felt like i could be like this amazing storyteller but yeah. it branched off into something more as i grew older of course okay okay um so Growing up, being with my sisters and my friends and experiencing new things, I always felt that every experience that I um, ran into, it always was a story. Yeah. And so everyone would just make comments to me like, oh, you should you should write. Yeah. And so I started writing, but I never got it out to the public. Yeah. And so once the once I started writing for a column, magazines are getting people interested into what I had to say. I decided to create the blog She Flirty. Okay. Um, with my friends being out, being engaging and at parties. Yeah. Going out to bars. Which is how I met you. <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, and so um, they would always, I feel like everyone would gather around me to see, like, oh, what she's going to say What she got to say. Um, so I felt that I should share it with the world. Yeah. And that's how I came to creating She Flirty. Yeah. Tune in. <laughs> and I know we talked, uh, when I met you at the party, I know you were talking about, um, because, you know, when you had the introduction, somebody introduced you to me about the radio. Uh -huh. And you were saying, uh, and I was like, what do you want to talk about? And I think Christian was there and he asked, what do you want to talk about? And I know you were saying that you wanted to talk about, like, how we are portrayed as black men and women being uber sexual and the sexuality of, you know, like men and women. Uh, what is your take on that, like, far as sexuality amongst the black community? As I did my research um, for how I wanted to go about creating my, my blog to reach a target audience, yeah. I found that there were no blogs that were geared towards the urban community. Most of them were um, for Caucasian people. Yeah, yeah. Like, black people don't want to talk about sex toys or None what they that. do in their bedrooms. Yeah. And so um, I felt that if I could engage my community, my people into those topics, then we could open up a bigger forum. Yeah. So that's what my blog is for, pretty okay. much. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, I know you were... Um, you has it got started yet or is it up or are you working on that i have a few posts i'm inviting everyone to visit my social media sites okay instagram and, twitter and what's your uh, handle on those sites at she flirty all right she flirted that's s-h-e-f-l-i-r-t-y that is correct all right she's flirty <laughs> make sure you check her out and we want i wanted to ask you a question in reference to a do you feel like that a lack of communication, chemistry, and sex has caused issues within the black community when it comes to, like, black love, how we look at each other, how we, you know, like, our expectations of each other. Because I know for me, when I talk about, you know, because we talk about sex frequently on the show, and I feel like one of the biggest things is a lack of communication as well as a lack, a, a lack of a sexual relationship and understanding um, uh, you know, amongst the black community. Because I know everybody always says, you know, in order to be sexual with, some, with somebody to do oral sex or anal sex or whatever the case may be, it's a chemistry and you have to be comfortable with that person. What do you think is, is a solution to actually bringing black people closer together and being open-minded open to talk about sex openly like we're doing today? 
I feel like my personality is really different from the general senses of women. Yeah. Um, I'm more free spirited, so I don't have to have. <laughs> I don't have to have that chemistry. Yeah. To have oral sex. All right. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew Christian. I was wondering. I was wondering when somebody else was going to chime in there. <laughs> He 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 probably he he literally probably went from sixty to eighty in the car. He probably like let me hear him get to the studio. Uh, (laughs) Most of my posts will be creating like a sense of uh, just getting people more open to sharing experiences. Like one one like post I've come up with is Wet Wednesdays. I feel like Wet Wednesdays will be where you would tell me all your fantasies and and I would you know give I don't like giving advice yeah. I just like conversating so yeah. I would conversate with you on ways to you know explore your fantasies and get it out there like yeah. if you if you have this fantasy but you don't have a man or yeah. a woman to uh, you know do it with yeah. then tell you what to no, do I get and, I, and I think and I, honestly I think that's important because I know a lot of times especially in the black community you know I know you hear about a lot of white women and you know Hispanic women and like if they want to have sex they just have sex. They pick right. a person. They if they feel like he's safe and they feel like he'll satisfy them and they go with it. You know what I'm saying? And, and they have an encounter here, especially in the South. It's like you can't they don't really know how to date. It's like they're either in a relationship or some. sort. Yeah. Are they a hoe? <laughs> and it's like, why can't you just be a free spirit, which is which becomes the double standard where guys can go do this and we're not labeled a hoe. But a woman can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I definitely agree. I, I mean, it's so. I mean, I, I I think a couple of weeks ago I told some of my best stories about getting oral sex from somebody that I wasn't with. They knew I wasn't with them, and they knew that we didn't have any plans going forward. Now, I still think even if you're going to be uh, promiscuous, it's good to – I think it's good to be upfront about what you want, and I think you that's what makes – promiscuous with your lips? <laughs> that's what I said. No, I said I think it's – you're crazy, man. <laughs> No, that's not what I said. <laughs> but, that's what you, hey, that, that's what Chris heard. That's what he, yeah, exactly. You know, Chris always hears what he wants to hear, especially when it comes to sex. So, well, look, you, look, you're the you're the guy that seems to attract head doctors all the time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? I, you know, I don't know how that comes about. I mean, you know, I would just say maybe God has smiled on me a little while. It must be the dress, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, hey, man, this Gary, I want to chime in because uh, I think both of y'all raised excellent points. Uh, She was talking about just creating more forums for people to talk about this. And, Anthony, your question about, you know, how communication factors in. I think communication is essential, not just when it comes to talking about sex, but even thinking as sex sexual expression as a form of communication. I mean, you, uh, this guy at the, at the show last night said something to that effect. He was talking about that, you know, sex is a, it's, a, it's bodily communication. You know, it's about listening to your partner's body and yeah. feeding off of it and things like that. And I think the more we can talk about it, you know, in those open forums, the more we can create those forums, especially in the black community. Oh, yeah. Uh, the more sex can become less stigmatized and we can begin to uh, talk about it in ways that, you know, we get past that initial awkwardness of even having a conversation about it. Then we can talk about how we do it responsibly, how we can express ourselves, you know, in free and open and liberated ways yeah. without 
feeling negative or feeling guilty or feeling like we're engaging in something that's bad because we're not. Yeah. I know. I, no, I, I definitely agree, man. Think I think it's. That, go ahead, Chris. Oh, hello. You guys really think that sex is stigmatized in the black community? I mean, do you, you think it's like it's like faux pas to be having sex, you know, especially in a premarital sense? I mean, because I, I don't get that. I, like, most of the black people I know are having premarital sex, and it's not a it's not a secret. Right, but then, you know but what it's I mean? not yeah. talked about. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's. And, and on a broader scale, because maybe in our circle, yeah. like in our circle, we we're somewhat open. We can have those kinds of conversations. But broadly, especially in the South, uh, you know, still it seems like, and maybe it's not just a thing in the black community, but at, at the same time, we know from experience that our community is the one that's singled out as you know talked about in negative ways and that kind of stuff. But I I don't think that there's a a real openness uh, to talk freely about these kinds of things without even, I mean, even some of the things that were said last night, people yeah. were like, oh, hey, hey, you know, and that was, right. you know, an open environment. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's about getting more comfortable with having these conversations having discussion. publicly. Was it, promo- uh, uh, was it predominantly black private. there, Gary? What? Was it predominantly uh, black there at the Poonanny Poets? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you gotta say the name. This was, yeah, you gotta say the yeah, name because the people was, might be listening. Like, what they talking about? We talking about the Poonanny Poets, man. The Poonanny Poets. Poonanny. Yeah, uh, started by Jessica Holton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was predominantly black, and don't get me wrong, it was a very open environment. Yeah. But there was still, you know, some things that were said. But some people had it seemed like they had never heard these things before. Exactly. And uh, that's what I'm talking about. Is that you know, the ability uh, to have and maintain these open communication where it's not, you know, maybe not stigmatized as a word, but but it's a surprise that we're even talking about this stuff yeah. where, you know, get to a point where it's like, of course we talk about it. Why wouldn't we? Well, I think it's very important to talk about it. Go ahead, Chris. I know you're about to say something. I, I was just going to interject and say, you know, cause, you know, I think there's like different, you, you can like separate kind of black sexuality, right? You can talk about, okay, it, like somebody said earlier, like if a white person, a Hispanic woman wants to have sex, they will. And for the most part, I think black women will have sex. Now, you, what you're probably getting at is like there's, there's a lot more uh, that goes into their decision making, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, but I will say you're right as far as like not just openness to talk about it, but openness, openness to experience different things, like to actually yeah. try different things. Yeah. Like Anthony's talked about it before, like that open-minded uh nature a lot of times i agree like in, in our community and i don't want to single out women but you know a lot of times the women just don't seem to be like you know open to different you know different things yeah in, in that sense like so, anal sex you can't bring that to too many black women man. <laughs> well you can't and, i mean look, you really can't i mean i i understand you know they don't want to be stretched out of proportion and whatever the case may be maybe i'm being too uh graphic but i mean hey i like to just call it like it is and you know some of them don't want to swallow i actually met my first white girl this week that was like i've never given a blowjob and i was like you're different I've, I've i've never heard of it and um you're on this show now Lissandra rucker and we have real questions to ask so i'm about to hit you with some random questions i'm gonna hit you with three oh, random questions I'm i mean ready. if chris or gary want to you know ask a question or chime in you can this is not even on the uh the agenda for the day but the way this conversation is going, I was like, why, why not? So, 
What What do you feel about oral sex? It doesn't matter if you, in the sense of being with somebody in a relationship, dating them or not with them. What are your views on oral sex? And from the perspective of if you are going to give a man some head, the way I feel about it, you know, some women be like, I ain't swallowing. I mean, you already put your your mouth on his penis, so why not? I feel that you should do whatever whatever pleases you or mm-hmm. if you're into pleasing your man then if and if he wants that then you should practice you know practice with your toothbrush yeah. but um <laughs> whatever you Swallowing can the toothpaste? <laughs> <laughs> you know i've found that you know if you if you practice with a toothbrush you know how you're brushing your tongue and your if gag you, yeah. if you push it all the way to the back of your tongue it'll help with your gag reflex so. hey women if you ain't listening if you are listening find somebody else who ain't listening and tell him to listen to the reality is with LaShondra Rucker. She trying to tell y'all something. So for me. What she said? She said that um, if you want to work on your gag reflexes because, you know, you know, when, when if the penis is large enough or if they got enough to hit the back of the throat, you know what I'm saying, it yeah. causes gag reflexes. And she was saying to help out with that in the case of swallowing, maybe you could use a toothbrush to practice because, you know, when you're brushing your tongue, if you brush too far to the back, it gives you that gag reflex. So she said if you practice with the toothbrush, maybe you can acquire a resistance oh. for that gag reflex. Women, because this ain't for men. We ain't got nothing going that far back unless you're playing for the other team. So... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So my next question to you, what do you what do you feel about like anal sex though? Um, I actually do have a post coming up on anal sex. Okay. Um, it is very different. Okay. It's not for everybody, but again, exactly. I like to create debate. I like to create argument, yeah. conversation, anything to get the people going. My post is on practicing. Um, I feel that most men, straight men, don't know how to <laughs> um, penetrate the woman from yeah. behind yeah. that well. So I feel like if you're into anal sex as a woman and your man just can't get it down, practice anal sex with a, a gay man. Oh, well, now that's going to cause some what? controversy. <laughs> that is going to cause some controversy. <laughs> Uh, that is gonna cause some uh, controversy. I wish I could see Christian's face. Answer, uh, my friend. <laughs> no, I did not. But what I do want, I would like to uh, reblog her post on our page to see what feedback we get and bring her back into the studio when she does write yes, that to do. talk about that. That's what I would like to do because I do know that there are some gay guys out there that would probably sign up. For that, because some gay guys would like to say, though. yeah, would like to say that they're bisexual. But and, and to get on and to and to really get on that subject, it's so funny because we were talking. I was talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? It may have been my mom because she asked me. She's like, "What do you think about women who feel like if they have a sexual interaction with a girl one time that they're not gay or they're not lesbian? They just tried something. But for a dude, if he stick an, a, another dude in the ass or he gets stuck in the ass, to me, he's gay." <laughs> I don't care. You ain't no such time as one time I wanted to try getting poked in the ass or poking somebody else in the ass. You're gay. What about if her, if his woman wants to poke him in the ass? Like, is that, does that make him If gay? she put a strap on and put it in there? I feel like anal play between uh, a man and a woman doesn't make him gay. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's one of those things where it's up for debate because for me, I said it last week, I just don't want no pushback. I mean, as far as like... I don't want no pushback. Like, I don't want no woman putting no dildo on and hitting me from behind. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No pegging right here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Gary wants pegging either, but he ain't said nothing yet. I'm waiting on you, brother. <laughs> oh, it's signal faded. I see it on here. It's signal faded. So, Gary, if you're listening, I apologize. I ain't trying to put you out there. <laughs> I'm not trying to put you out there. You just, it just got quiet, so I didn't know what was going on. So, I wasn't sure. Can I? Bring you to the six where I really stay. Baby. Show you why I am the way I am. Can I? Tell you what I think my biggest flaw is. Baby. I try to be consistent, but I can't. Can I? Have an honest moment with you right now. Baby. Tell me who the fuck you want to be. Can I? Get an honest answer from you right now. Baby. Cause all we ever talk about is me. Can I? Before I turn the lights on. I'm Anthony Roberts, the host of The Reality Is. You've heard of us on the radio, now come see us live and in person. Join us for a live recording of our show and stick around for the after party. Enjoy cocktails, small bites, music by DJ Double L, and more. The show will be live on Saturday, July 25th from 6 o'clock to 10 p.m. at Absent Lounge at 1701 South Lamar Street in Dallas, Texas. Be sure to log on to therealityis.com and purchase your tickets today for $10. There will be no tickets sold at the door, so be sure to get your tickets today online and come I kind of want to know, like, what's the thought process behind that um, yeah you might want to get right up on that because <laughs> i want to hear every bit of what you about to say on this one uh, so my thought process because he's actually listening too so my thought process behind <laughs> the thing <laughs> that um so i went Watching porn, mm-hmm. I mean, I watch porn. I do Everybody too. Watches yes, porn. they do. But uh, there are, you know, scenes where anal, well, they have like a category for anal practices, mm-hmm. and I'm sure everybody wants to try it, but no one, when trying it in the bedroom with your straight man, he doesn't do it right, or he doesn't know how to pen- penetrate you right, and yeah. you don't know what to expect because it maybe it's your first time of, or you've never done it before, but with an experienced gay guy he's done it before he knows how to ease it in he knows how to lube it up he knows how to get you ready before (laughs) he sticks it in so uh, if you practice with your uh, gay best friend friend. or whoever uh, then he can prepare you for your man so this is the the one situation where i would be happily gay But I think the other thing that comes, I think the other thing that comes in is like people are probably thinking like, what if he has something, or what if he gives you something since he's interacting with other gay males? Uh, Like, yeah, but but, I just, it's so funny because I've heard the conversation. You know, I, I, I have people that I know that have dated men that are now gay, and the gay guy tries to come back, and they won't even fool with him in any capacity because I feel like. It's, I mean, even when I, when I think about it, it's like when you, as a man, penetrated another man, condom on or condom off. Yeah, I mean. I ain't really got much to say, bruh. That's why you don't. And, okay, so the guy, I know you said the guy who you're talking about is listening. I mean, does he mind calling in or he don't want to call? <laughs> he can be anonymous if he wants. Because he's he's for this, right? He would, he's He's willing to be a participant to help a girl kind of ease into this with her dude, right? Um, something like that. Well, if he don't want to talk today, we would love to talk to him at some point in time to see what his perspective is on this. Because for me, I, first of all, I don't think I'm allowing anybody to penetrate what's mine. Nobody. So, neg. I, w- I mean, if she, if she willing, and I'll get it. I'll figure it out. But I get what you're saying. Like a lot of men are rough. 
you know, and, and like you said, I mean, with men, especially at a certain age, they feel like they know it all and they've done it and we, we can get it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you can teach me. I mean, I don't really want another dude as a man coming. I don't care if he's gay or not, you know, practicing or whatever like that. I just think it's so conflicting to me. I mean. But I feel like it's all the same. Like penetrating a woman or a man, it's still a butthole. Exactly. Now, now I was going to say. Now I was going to say that too because I know, like, I've never done it, and I and it's the only time I think about doing it is when I do watch porn. And I'm like, it looks appealing sometimes when I'm watching on porn. And I'm like, it looks nice. But then when I step away from it, I, I've told the story about having the opportunity to do it with white girls, and it's like when it when it's when it gets to that point, I'm kind of like, I can't put that thing in there. Well, we just talked about closed-minded black people. Exactly. I like I said, I'm open. <laughs> I just when it comes to it, I just haven't been like, "Woo, I can I can do that." So, like I said, I'm not against it. It's just when the times have presented itself, I've been like, "I ain't ready yet." I ain't ready. Not yet. down with the brown, huh? Not just yet, man. <laughs> like I, I feel like now there are times that I've been into the situation of like when I'm doing it and I'm going through the motions from behind, like inside the vagina, like and I'm going through the motion and I'm in that heightened sexual whatever and I see it I'm like I just want to do it it like it just happens to where you be like I just want to get it in it's one of them nights where I just want to get it in now you know it hasn't happened it's been times where you know when you try to do it you know to put they don't allow that pushback so well, you gotta well, back up off of it like she said it's kind of got to be the right situation because you gotta have to I mean you can't just go in dry no, you, you can't. Know, you, you I'm gotta, aware of that. You yeah. got to be very lubricated. Li- yeah, lubricated. But I mean, I. What, That's why those porn stars' booties be shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to be ready for it. Yes. Go ahead. Well, I'm, well, I'm I, trying to read a text. Do you think women that go down on the man should finish the job, or if they have no plans to, should they leave it alone? And this was for you. What was that? Do do you think women that go down on the man should finish the job, be, meaning swallowing, or should they just, if they don't have plans to swallow, should they just leave it alone? If that man prefers you to swallow while you're down there, if he prefers you to swallow it, swallow it. I mean, it depends on how how into that person you are, yeah. the chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Like makes if, a lot of sense. if you want to please your man, or if you want to do whatever makes him happy, if he wants you to swallow it, swallow it. Go put some. Uh, candy in your mouth <laughs> i just think it's recreational to an extent like when i'm like when i'm getting head bro like i would prefer it to happen especially all the time it's one of them things where it just kind of go it's just like yeah. it's good to it's good to see it like for me like when i'm if i'm getting oral sex like sometimes the biggest turn on is watching the whole thing go down it's 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 it's, it's i don't know what it is but it's just something about watching it and then knowing that you're when it happens it's it's you come up and it's nothing there. I'm not so into. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm the polar opposite of you. While I enjoy it, yeah, it's not something that I'm just like, oh man, let me sit here and watch. Well, if you don't had a good blood, I don't know. I'm, I'm. Well, you know what? I like ass and head, but head is like an art because I mean, vagina. You can have somebody that don't really know what to do with the vagina, but it could be good, and you can right. do what you need to do. But head is. Everybody don't know how to give head. That's the truth. So it's like I just have an appreciation. For the art of it. Fair enough. <laughs> you should write a book. The art of it. I may need to uh, get uh, Miss Rucker to co-author that book, man. Because yeah. she seems to have some very, very interesting things. 
I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't even expect a couple of things that you've said already. And I never even thought about the last thing that we've been talking about, about the gay man. And I've never even, I've thought, never about even thought about that. Never fathomed it. Everybody tells me that. Like, you seem so quiet, calm, and collected. Like, like yeah. what are these things coming out of your yeah. mouth? But, yeah, I like to talk about but it. But I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You got to. <laughs> I'm okay with it, man. I mean, we need to talk about it. Um when can we have you back on the show? When, wait, first of all, when are you writing this post? <laughs> uh, well, since people are anticipating it, I will write it soon. Uh, expected, I'd say Wednesday. Okay. So before we take another break, I want to jump into would you take a pay cut for happiness? And I'll read. Um, I was looking. I think it was um, it was uh, Trellis Usher for a founder of the HR company, and they said when to take a pay cut is when switching industries, considering taking a pay cut to earn a new set of skills that will broaden the skill set. When you're craving a work-life balance, your personal happiness may be worth the pay cut. When a new opportunity is way better. Um, a personal example I wanted to give for me is I've been in situations where I know um, I worked for an investment company a, c- a couple years back, and. I think the income at that time was like 65000 the most I had ever made. And great money, but the stress, and especially, as you would know, around tax season, is, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the hours are endless. It, uh, it's stressful dealing with people who own tens of millions of dollars. You know, they don't really treat you, you know, with the knowledge that you have that they really don't have. So you have to deal with a lot of things. And for me... At that point in my life, I was just like, I'm not. It, it wasn't worth it for me. So I ended up switching to a financing company that still kind of dealt with those things, but it cut me down to like 45000 But I liked the people I work with. I was out of work on time. There was no overtime. I was off on weekends. So for me, sometimes a peace of mind is better than more money. It just depends on what your passion is. And even with me in this industry, in, in media, like, I mean, the only way I'm going to make 500 grand or whatever a year is I'm going to have to own something and own a corporation and a business, which if I do the right thing may happen. But if I could get paid 70,000 over 150,000 doing this, I would do it every day because for me, it's a passion. I love doing it. I like doing it. And you have to have money to change things. I'm aware of that. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't have a peace of mind or if you don't even have time to enjoy the money or the wealth that you're gaining, then what good is it? My perspective. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of times I agree with what they said is, you know, for one, if you're one of those people that really want to do what makes them happy and what makes you happy is not in a high revenue generating business or industry, then, you know, that's, that's, that's on you. That's what your values are. And like Anthony said, peace of mind goes a long way. And in my situation, going from one industry to another, right, like I go from being a captain in the Air Force, I guess I got kind of to a parallel position in finance but still I'm not in a situation where I'm leading people where I'm like the manager exactly um, and you know you have to work your way up so you know you do kind of take uh, maybe not so much a pay cut all the time but you take sometimes a step back to be able to go forward because in that industry the future earnings uh, that that you know the potential earnings is very are much high. higher than the, what the military exactly would be able to provide um, and, and, you know, you think about retirement, you can retire. Well, you know, the military offers you an opportunity to retire quick, too. But you, you just have more control over, you know, the money that you can make. And, and, and like, your earnings are tied in a lot of different areas to the revenue that you, you generate. Correct. Um, but I think it, it all depends on what your priorities are, 
What are your values? If you're money hungry, I'm not going to be mad at you. No, if you're of course not. Hour days and you just that's and all you, you want to get about. it. And that I mean, and, and definitely, and some not to be funny. Some people are happier when they're working like that. Right. So a lot of people they're like, I don't have time for idle time. Like from I mean, right now I don't have time for idle time. And I, honestly, I like to stay busy. I think the business that I'm in it should be more lucrative, and it is if you make it to that point. Like you said, it's about uh, you know how hard you want to work, and you can extend your own ceiling. It doesn't have to be set to one specific thing. Um, I know um, another thing um, that they said if when you when to take a pay cut is when it all evens out, when you can reshuffle priorities to make things work out in the end. An example is like cutting gym fees, or you know to go run outside, or cutting back on certain foods you eat, or how much you eat out to make it balance out to where if you go from sixty to forty-five, what are those things you don't need? You just want like uh for you like i know you have like your dog and you have certain things that you in certain amenities you treat your dog to like it will be like maybe half in that you know what i'm saying maybe he instead of eating pedigree and alpo he'll be eating a kfc chicken bone or something (laughs) (laughs) murph will look at you like what the hell is this murph will be like i'm out of here i'm out of here (laughs) i'm out of here gary's back on the line gary you back in yeah i'm back yeah we lost you man i know where you you said you're going to san antonio right yeah, I'm driving through uh, Waco right yeah, well, now. I was going to say, yeah, you probably hit the bonus, Cal-Bee. man. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your, we're talking about uh, when to take a pay cut or, like, you know, would you take a pay cut for happiness? So what, what's your take on that? Man, that's uh, a good question. I actually had a conversation with a guy who works at a church or did work at a church that I won't mention. Uh, he was one of the <laughs> pastors. Yeah. And he told me recently that, um, you know, he had he had a perspective on the issue of transgender loving couples, and he went public with that perspective, and um, basically he had to make a decision to leave. So, my perspective on that would be, uh, man, if you if you are having to give up a part of yourself or sacrifice a part of yourself or a part of your voice that is important to you just to make a buck or just to make ends meet. Um, you know, I think obviously you need to be strategic about it, especially yeah. if you got mouths to feed. That's what I was about and to say. Yeah, it, it it'll kill your soul to stay in a situation that's benefiting you financially, but it, and it's only benefiting you financially. So, yeah. I, I think I think it depends on the situation. But I definitely am. I definitely would support somebody who says, you know what, I can't do this anymore. It's paying the bills, but I'm 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 losing my life doing this. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely can't support that. That makes sense. What um, do you have any input on that, Miss Rucker? No input, just work. I would not take a pay cut for any. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, like you said, I mean, if, even if you felt that way, it's fine. I mean, honestly, it was when I was younger. I mean, I'm young still, but like five to seven years ago, you couldn't ask me to take a pay cut. You know, now as I get older, I kind of think about things like. You know, now I feel like I'm I feel like it's what you feel your worth is, too, because for me, it's like I'm willing right. to take a pay cut. But I know like right now in, in my field and everything I do, I'm doing like three different jobs right now. But it's like I definitely feel like what I do and the preparation I put into it, it's worth a better income, even at my job that I work primarily outside of the radio and outside of photography. And, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, Artesia has told me, you know, hey, you should charge a certain amount for your photography like you're putting in this time and. You're, you're giving them a turnaround time of 48 hours. Most photographers, if they do something, you won't get it back for like 10 days or two weeks. Like, yeah, I literally can yeah. do something 
get it back into and because I don't. Soon as I do it, I go home and finish it. Like I don't know how to just say, let me put this off to the side. Like when we leave here, I'll be working today or tomorrow on what we're gonna do next week because for one, I just have a passion for it. For two, is just you want to make sure you're trying to put out the best possibility, you know, best quality that you can possibly put out. You know, we got a show coming up next week. I believe it's about to be phenomenal. I think it's mm-hmm. gonna be very great, engaging. We have great personalities. I feel like we'll have a great crowd. I'm just like I live for, you know, this kind of stuff. So if I could like I said, if I could do this for eighty thousand over doing something else for two hundred grand, I would do it. But, you know, it's not a perfect world, so you have to kind of just see where you fit in and how things balance out for you. But I just, you know, everybody's perspective yeah. is different. And man, honestly, I think, you know, I've I've been broke before. So I'm broke right now, brother. If you've been broke before, uh, I think it's a lot easier for people that, with that, you know, at least have, that know how to be broke. Yeah. And still live to take a place exactly. and put themselves in a position uh, to basically give up their soul to make it yeah. and make it to me. But at the same time, like I said, man, it, it depends because you got miles to feed. If you got to, if you got to just basically put your head down and make that dollar, that's understandable too. It, it depends on somebody's circumstance. Money's not everything. I thought you were about to say something. It's profound. the only thing. <laughs> like Drake said, people who say money ain't everything is people who ain't got it. Yeah. That's, that's what Money Mayweather <laughs> yeah. said. It's not everything. Yeah. It's the only. That's the only thing. I mean, for me, um, I, I agree with you too, Gary. Like you said, when you've been without anything, you kind of know how to maneuver other things around. But I'll tell you, from a perspective of being confident that I'll make it regardless of what I'm doing, I even on the job I'm on now and several other jobs. One thing companies hate is when they bring something to you to where they're like, you better do this or you got to do this. And you you let them know, like, well, you can let me go and I'll be fine. I've said that on any job I go to, even with things, priorities that I have, because I truly feel my faith in God and just where I stand. I'm going to be all right if I'm if I'm doing it for the right reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I know, you know, like recently on my job, I, um, I had a trip planned. I turned down the trip like two or three times to take Artesia, you know, the girl I'm dating, out of town and take her somewhere. They didn't catch the the mistake that they made on the board for the days off. And, you know, they came to me the day of, and I prepared myself. I took pictures of the board. I wrote, I made notes of everything that they weren't doing. So literally the week before we got ready to go, they was like, well, you're not going to be able to go on that trip. And I was like, okay, well, um, I appreciate you letting me know that. I was like, but I am going. You can let me go if you want to. Uh, if you want to let me go, that's fine. You know, I know I come in, I do my job, I work overtime, I take other people's shifts. So I am gonna go because I've been promising her six months I'll take her somewhere. And since we started this, you guys have a hundred and eighty day rule, and I backed off of it and I didn't take her anywhere. But we're gonna go. No disrespect, not being arrogant, but if you want to find somebody else, you can. So they brought another manager in. The other manager talked to me, said the same thing. I gave him the whole rundown. You know, he acted as if he forgot about some things. I showed him the pictures and reminded him and he went and talked to the person who owns the company and it was like well you go ahead and go to san diego there's no need for you to pay you know for the mistakes that we made so on and so forth and he was like you're a good worker we don't want to lose you so on and so forth and that goes back to saying know your worth i've come in every day all days days that somebody else ain't here i'm doing it i'm going i deserve to go so i think it's one of the things like i said if you're confident in it because they could have cut me if they wanted to i took a chance but at the same time, if I'm like, oh, well, let me cancel my trip, you really, people don't understand. When you do stuff like that, too, you kind of set 
uh, uh, um, expectation that I'll do anything you want me to do and my life doesn't matter. You're a company now. And they gonna be there when you go on tomorrow. So you gotta, you gotta live your life. I wish I could buy me a spaceship and fly past the sky. Man, man, If my manager insults me again, I will be assaulting him. After I fuck the manager up, then I'm gonna shorten the register up. Let's go back, back to the gap. Look at my check, wantin' no scratch. So if I stole, what am I fault? Yeah, I stole, never got caught. They take me to the back and pad. Me. On the line? Asking me about some cameras. Oh, hey, Gabrielle. What do you want? Hey, I need to get my two cents. What two Bardo cents? Skydive. All right, well, before you give your two cents, is this this dildo message that you text me? <laughs> How do we go from pay the, to dildo? Hey, she sent this like 15 minutes ago before we started. Uh, for everybody who's listening, this is one of our other co-hosts, Gabrielle Johnson, calling in from Austin, Texas. So I'm asking you again, is it the dildo question that you want to ask Miss Rucker? No, this is not a deal. question I want to ask about. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk about the being happy and making good money or whatever. Well, would you take a pay cut to be happy, Johnson? Yes, I would. But it just depends. Like, while ago, you gave the example, you know, if you were to take one fifty to 70000 I mean, 70000 is not change. Now, let's say if you wanted to make, an, you know, one fifty and wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Now you're taking a drastic pay cut. Of so course. Like, would you rather, you know, be a teacher and do something that you love and make a difference or make this 150000 I mean, of course, one fifty to seventy is a is a difference, but I feel like you can manage. You know, that's something that, that's not like, oh. In Texas, you can. Now. In California, it would be a little different story. Well, right, of course. There's definitely variables to, you yeah, know. Yeah, but I know you're like talking Gary about was Texas. Saying, be, be strategic. Yeah. Don't be foolish. You know what I'm saying? But, is that all you called I to mean, say? I, do you so, want me to address the dildo question? I do I want you to address the dildo question. I don't want this professional <laughs> shit. I want you to talk about you talk about a dildo. I want you to talk about the dick. Well, okay, well, my thing was, what I, what I tweeted was, I didn't understand how, you know, letting your, you know, your gay friend penetrate you is going to help your man. So it's going to loosen up the woman, but at the end of the day, he still ain't going to know what to do because, he, I mean, he has no part in... It, me being penetrated by my gay best friend. So would he be saying? watching? So I didn't even think about that either. Great story. So, yeah. well, right, so, right. So my best friend now he's getting practice in, or you know whatever. But it's like yeah. it's still not helping. Next week when my when my dude goes in, he still don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been drinking this this morning. Not this morning, but you know. It's still in your system from yesterday. It, Probably just a little bit. I heard it in your voice, and you that fuck came right off the tongue like it. You've been drinking this morning. So with that question, but with, with what you say, how do you feel about that, Miss Rucker? I know, I mean, you know, that I didn't even think about that though. How would it help the man if the if the well, other guys? If your man is kinky enough to want to watch, watch I knew that's can, where it was going. But uh, you got to be tough for that. Just like your vagina contracts, so does your butthole. It'll close back up, ready for your next man to penetrate it right in. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, but you know what I'm saying is like if, if that were the case, then he could just watch a flick. You know what I'm saying? He could watch gay porn, or he could watch, you know. I like well, I feel like gay porn, know, they you know what don't. I mean? Well, gay porn, they just go right in. They don't show the ease before going in. It yeah, sorry, they were straight anyway. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Right. This is very. Or interesting. you can look up how tos on the internet if you want. 
What happened She's, to the dildo? There yeah, was no dildo involved in that. Yeah, case, right? you you were saying so you were thinking maybe the guy could or the girl could use the dildo or the guy could use the dildo to break her in and work. Is that what you were saying? Like to kind of ease into this situation? Right, because when I tweeted, so you know, I was retweeted saying, "Well, I guess maybe that's to loosen the woman up." But like Miss um, uh, Flirty was saying, it's like you know, it's gonna contract again. So I'm just not like you can loosen me up for the next time because it's gonna like you know, gonna go back to like it was. But I heard so, so many times after you, after so many times of penetration, it will stay. I mean, I've seen porno where this woman's whole bottom fell out. Her rectum literally dropped right out. Like, the dude really knocked the bottom. That's Christian with these sound effects. And I heard, like, I heard after a certain period of time, and I've heard people talk about this within the gay community, that it don't stay tight and you can end up wearing pampas by the time you're 42. Yeah. So it's dangerous. I think it depends on what you're working with. I think the anal part is one of them things where it's like, I just think you got to be safe with it, and I don't think it's something if you if if you're participating in it, cool. But I don't think it's something that you want to do every week. Yeah, it's not. It shouldn't be the norm. Yeah, you should put, you should use that for too. special occasions, yeah. like maybe birthdays, maybe after a little eggnog on Christmas. But I don't think you should be hitting that asshole like every week. <laughs> I don't think it's healthy either. You know what I'm saying? Maybe once a year. Maybe when I mean, because yeah, like I said, I've read stories and I've seen documentaries and then like I said I watched that porno that time and literally the girls I was like what the hell well what did she put in there I don't know no it, it was a dick <laughs> two big dicks Running through the rest, I'm trying to hide the else. While the side of Judah dropped on my belt. Trying to know the pain and got me sipping us. Uh, and everybody's a rider swerving like a line. And I ain't diving in my shine. Hey, Mr. Jones. Hey, Dad. Hey, I just want to hug your neck. I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be with you. And uh, I had a wonderful night on you. We told more great things about you last night here in New York. I'm still in New York, but uh, hey, congratulations. Let's just win five Super Bowls in a row. How about it? Yes, sir. Why not? <laughs> yes, sir. We are. We are. I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm extremely excited. I cannot wait. You know, I think this is the year. We got it. Well, just so you know, um, we all are behind with, I mean, we're all together. You're with us, and I'm with you, and uh, and I think you got some great guys. You were a big guy. My hat's off to you. You did a good job uh, associating yourself with uh, um, Jay-Z. And he's, uh, he's wonderful. I spent hours with him last night, and uh, it was great. Thanks a lot of you, and I do too. But uh, the big thing is... Uh, just let me give you a long distance hug. I'm here in New York. I'm sitting with a table of that's uh, next to me from Brazil. They're all the greatest cowboy fans and they're going crazy about us signing you. Hey, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm excited. I just cannot wait. Right. Right. Congratulations now. Just to make it official, because uh, I, I want to give you this hug over the phone. Uh, have you signed one yet? Have you signed one of the contracts? Yes, sir. Yes, he has. <laughs> okay. Why do you sit right there? Yes, 
And what you guys heard was Jerry Jones kissing more ass than R. Kelly in 1997 in that girl's booty. He was all over Dez Bryant dick. Well, I mean, hey, I'm glad that they signed Dez Bryant to his uh, five-year, $70 million contract with $45 million guaranteed. Uh, I don't know what the hell the whole lot was, but because uh, he's definitely top five right now. Just I think, me. I think he's top two receivers. I think the only yeah. guy that's more talented just in, in every facet of the game is Megatron. Yeah, but and they were saying the fact that Megatron hasn't been healthy since he got that $100 million contract. Who else could be better? Dez, and then Dez plays at a high level every game, every game throughout the game. He's fighting for every yard. And, and people, look, Dez may have his shortcomings. I mean, he may have his issues, but there's one thing you can't ever – question and that's the effort that he puts in the heart the field. but i want to get to the the impact that jay-z is having on the sports industry this guy is truly an amazing businessman businessman i'm not a businessman i'm a business he goes into man. a whole nother industry sports and he's taking these guys like a robinson cano in baseball kevin he, durant a, he, a kevin durant in basketball yeah an indomitian sue in football now des bryant and at first, what you have to understand are is that agents and the front offices of teams, they have, like, very collegial – like, me and you, we're yeah. best friends. Yeah. Because we're always talking about our clients. Yeah. They're, like, really good friends. So when Jay-Z first made that, you know, that leap, I mean, people were like, – were like, like, Jerry Jones was legitimately upset at first exactly. because the guy that was Des's Agent was Jerry Jones is one of his best Friend, friends. Yeah, one of his, yep. So when you he took so, his job, but now like Jay Z's like, we're not going to give you any deals, bro. You're going to pay us. You're going to give my guy what he's already earned in his past play and what he has earned for his future yeah. play. And I mean, he's getting these guys paid, bro. And it's so funny because you know, even on there, you hear Jerry Jones like, "Oh, we're so glad to have you. Glad to have you back. We're glad to have you on the team." Blah blah blah. He probably was spitting fire when he walked out of there from Jay Z. God uh, damn it, these uh, niggas done got us. <laughs> These niggas got us. I, I don't he know. got us, Steven. No, nah, he probably didn't feel that Jerry way. Jones but Jones has been known to pay. Like when oh, he yeah. got Deion Sanders from. Oh, yeah. I mean, he for the forty nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say though, like I don't know, man. I'm excited for the Cowboys. I am too. Bro. I just think you know, like I said, I don't think nothing bad about Jerry Jones. I just think his voice is great to make fun of. Oh, it's great. Uh, it's but great. <laughs> it's great to make fun of. But the thing about it, I think like like he was like uh, Christian was saying, you know, you kind of have that debate when it's like. It's like, you know, like you said, if somebody come and took something from me, you're going to be like, damn, how this dude going to come in and take it? But I think it's not even just that. It's kind of like Kanye West crossing over into the fashion industry. They feel like you have the hip-hop game. You have the rap game. Why do you want to come over here? But like Kanye West has said, I want to build something. I want to be bigger than a rapper. The rap game is just a gateway into me doing, <clears throat> excuse me, more things that I want to do. And I'm not just rap. Right. And Jay-Z is not just hip-hop. And not to be funny. You know, they Kanye and Jay Z are two guys that have proven you don't have to go to college really to get this, but you do have to have an avenue that's gonna, you know, 
make you, you know, have some kind of benefit to what you need to do. But college, it doesn't teach you everything. These dudes grew up off the off street knowledge. And like Jay-Z said one time in an interview, he was like, being in the dope game, if you know how to cook and cut dope and distribute it to multiple people, that's a business. Oh, it is. That's what businesses are. Yeah. yeah. And you have people that want to kill you and take it from you, just like in corporate America. So he was already yeah. prepped for what he's doing and, right and, now. And the thing about that, and while right, we would like our young men and women to have a, a, different, a more, yeah, a more traditional. Dope. Yes. But. But. There's no other alternative for, at least right now, for the larger black community to get that hands-on experience with running a legitimate, well, not a legitimate, yeah. but running a company yeah. that has employees, that has a trade yeah. industry. But the thing, where you're negotiating right. terms for how much you're going to get, you know, the, the wholesale, and then you're going to, you know, yeah. the, the secondary market. It's just crazy. But, but let's just say what the reality is, too. There are a lot of white people out there that are getting money off the distribution of drugs. Oh, absolutely. Not to be funny, it pays for a lot of wars. What do you think when they go in and siege a place and get $30 million? They ain't putting it back in the banks and back in the communities. That money, I've read, and things have been leaked onto the Internet to where it's saying that a lot of that stuff funds wars and guns. I mean, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Well, yeah. and, and, a, and a lot of high-level drug dealers, it's, too. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, when we talk about dealing, we talk about low-level stuff. Which yeah. That's, you know, the prison reform that exactly. Obama's working on right now, yeah. it's meant to attack the way that the justice system is set. But the high-level drug dealers, the people that are really making money. They and can't be touched. Supplying, yeah. bro, a lot of these people are, are the same corporate owners, Yes. Uh, you know, that, that manage these companies by day and by night. They got stuff coming they got in whole from much Columbia. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And not even just that, because, you know, the drug, it, it goes with trafficking of women, and it's so many yeah, other things. Yeah. I forgot what movie yeah. or if it was like Law & Order, but it was one uh, episode where they went after a judge who he didn't touch anything, but he was head of the operation, and he had a different name that he went by, and they found out about it and was like, you are the kingpin over all of this stuff, but you're like a judge in the judici judicial system. Right. Now, if for anybody right. who's listening, like I said, it's law and order, not anything real, but I'm sure it's something like that going on right now because they don't have to touch anything, but they are, you know, they are over who goes into jail, who doesn't go into jail, how much time they get, so on and so forth. Right. Like, it is a business, kind of like we talked about last week about the prison system with my brother being in here. It, it, it it's, it's modern-day slavery, and you get paid for every. Yep person that comes in which is another reason why i love law and order they had another um we talked about it last week they had an episode where kids black kids were and hispanic kids were being locked up for next to nothing and they found out that it was a ring that they were running that per kid every kid they were getting like 15 grand to bring a kid in whether it was like stealing candy or something like that you know being uh getting sentenced for things harsher than what right. you know other things that that could have been done for that so it's just prison right. is a system man it's a, it's it's an economical i don't know bro it's just a, it's a big business man it's a big business and it's, it's an industry yeah yeah and like they say 90 i think like the numbers were 90 percent of people do plea deals you know what i'm saying because it still gets them they have to do time but they're able to get off a little bit easier but the fact that they're going in jail they still are getting paid. The court system is, and the judicial system is still being paid because these people take plea deals. So, as like, and, and for people who don't know what a plea deal is, it's basically saying if you didn't really do anything and they say it's 20 years, but if you say you did it, even though you didn't do it, you can get five years. It's just, exactly. it's, it's, and, and, and it's people like are doing it because, they, because exactly. If you take the risk to go to trial, 
you may it's get like to 20 years. 20 years. Exactly. 20 years, like, do you really want to take that risk? Yeah. And not to be funny, if you don't have the money, I don't care if you're black, white, or Hispanic, but if you don't have the bread to, you know, to get you a lawyer, you definitely don't want a court-appointed uh, court attorney. Nope. They don't really give shit. You can tell they be wearing J.C. Penny suits. They ain't getting no bread. <laughs> they ain't getting <laughs> they no bread. Same, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dollars, yeah. Yeah. Percentage of what the... Yeah, they, they not getting no bread, man. So uh, hats off to Jay Z, man. Hats off to Des Bryant uh, for making that deal work. Did you Did you have anything else to say in reference to that? Go Go mess up some commas, bro. <laughs> that was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot PG. about. It. Yeah, no, no, that was a, a, a TVY version right there. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, the next thing, the next thing we wanted to talk about, I got um, why don't more African Americans have health benefits? I got some of these topics from USA Today. Um, I know I was away from the mic, so I'm saying it again. Why don't more African Americans have health benefits? According to USA Today, um, some of the things I found, they said not having health care leads to shorter lifespan by roughly five years between blacks and everyone else. Eleven point five out of eleven point five out of every one thousand babies die before age one. About six more times likely to happen than whites putting us in the company of Mexico and Mexico doesn't even have better health care than the U.S. Black mothers have babies between the ages of 20 and 24 and they are not financially stable and risk the chance of not getting married and other issues that keep them alone to raise a child. White mothers have their first child between 25 and 29 or 30 to 34, which gives them more of a chance for stability, giving them a better chance with a healthier child. The reality is a lot of white kids will have abortions instead of having a child they can't take care they can't take care of instead of ruining their chances for a better life. And I put that part because, you know, just talking to talking to some people that I know, white and black, and just looking online, I feel like if you wanna if you can't actually talk live to people, if you go and type in Google or whatever and go to these forums where they talk about this stuff, a lot of white people said that they have kids as well, just like blacks, but they have an abortion. And their parents make them have an abortion because they know that they're not prepared for it. The parents don't want to deal with it. So it's one of those things where they have an abortion or they adopt, you know, give their child up for adoption. Because you do, unless you make it through the odds, because there are stories making, you know, having a child early and then making it through the odds by yourself. But it does knock down, you know, your chances substantially to be successful. And white people were saying, hey, we do still have kids. You know, we get pregnant and stuff at early ages. We just are forced to have abortions because we know the life that we our parents know the lives that they want for us. So it gives us a better chance. Um, they said black baby boys are the last to be adopted when up against white or Hispanic babies in America. And girls are more likely preferred over boys when it comes to any race. According to New York Times, you could pay up to sixteen thousand dollars less for a girl than a boy. And an African-American boy can cost up to thirty eight thousand dollars more. Which is why you well, see. And, and, and one of the things I would also say about, uh, you know, we talk about uh, adopting young black boys. Uh, it's even worse when you have when your siblings, when like when a, the two or three siblings go into the system together. Exactly. Uh, it's extremely difficult to get uh, African American siblings adopted together. together. So what will often happen is that people will take it. I mean, it's damn near like splitting up families like it was in slavery, but, I mean, it's a little different. Yeah. But one kid will get taken by one family, but this family will be like, well, I don't want the other two, and they, so they'll get split up. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's brutal. I work for child welfare, and that's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, I just think it's one of them things where, like, to I mean, for an African-American kid to cost $38,000 more, it, to me, that's a problem. I mean, it makes it hard for anybody else. Not to be funny, some people already don't want to adopt a black child. But to make it that right. expensive in order to get them, 
that's why you see people like the famous people who are adopting them. But the issue I have, too, with adopting a lot of those kids, I mean, a lot of times I feel like people, I don't know if it's a trophy when they adopt these kids, because in my oh, mind, I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking like you got a lot of kids here in America that don't have parents. And uh, I mean, I feel like in America, we always reach in somewhere else to do something instead of doing it here. Yes, a lot of them countries over yep. there, they don't have water. They don't. Of course they don't. But I think one of the biggest issues to me with America is we're always helping other people when we ain't really helping ourselves here. That's, for me, one Amen. of the biggest issues. I mean, that's Amen. just me. And I, this might be controversial, fellas. So just, so just bear with me. Just hear me out. I think when you talk about, first of all, health benefits in the African-American community, you know, health benefits obviously in large part ties into your income. Correct. What company you work yep. for, does it have health coverage? And then if you do have it, what quality of health coverage do you get, right? Because like, that definitely matters. The lowest level, do you have the highest level? Um, obviously, I think with the uh, Affordable Care Act, we're in a situation where more people have access to at least good coverage. Good you know, coverage. Maybe not the best, best yeah. coverage, but to have access to good coverage. Now, we, uh, you know, this is two different conversations, I feel like, because you have just the general health coverage thing, and then you have the the black mothers correct, correct. And, and the the birth rate and the, and the mortality rate amongst blacks when they're born and then the rate at which those black kids that do come up in those you know single you know, mother 20 to 24 situations where they don't obviously have the funds or the family to do to something. support it yeah. and then you have the you know i think those are two very separate issues i think with the healthcare thing it's like well thank you president Obama and and Affordable Care Act for at least giving us access. Yeah. Even though a lot of people felt like it was high, I mean, to me it was. This is what I had to say about as far as the Affordable Care Act, because I was on it for about six months. I agree. It is great to give access to people who don't have access, especially like Hispanics who are coming across the border who may not have whatever, whatever, because like you said, jobs like working at McDonald's, you may not get all the benefits you need. And a lot of people yeah. got mad at Obama because they were like, man, I don't have $120 a month to pay for this. Mm-hmm. I One thing I try to tell people is a lot of people blame Obama. His name is on it. But he don't control that, first off. You have to run these things through a cabinet and representatives and who vote this stuff in. Well, Congress I'm not, voted. Yeah, con- yeah. yeah. And for me, it's like, I'm not going to lie. I was unemployed when I was on it. And I was like, I don't have an extra $120. Like, I literally had to get off of it because it was $120 a month. But I was like, I could go to a doctor because I don't need to go to the doctor every day, pay $80 for an inpatient copay, I mean, in-person copay, and I was done. So I got off of it when I did have to go because it was like, this is going to be $120, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. I ended up spending like $200. And then when I got off of it, I go in, I pay $80, and then if you go to Walmart, you can get your prescription a little bit cheaper. I was like, it's no need for this. So a lot of times it is to help people, but if you educate yourself on a lot of things, you don't even need a lot of this stuff out here. It is helpful for those, for some people, but I, I felt like I didn't even need it. Well, that kind of health insurance is more for the catastrophic. Yeah, exactly. Or if you have some type of can, can, like disease that, yeah. that is more, you know, that could kill you. Yeah, uh, that's why I got Because if it's just like general, yeah, health uh, needs I, I feel like crap cold, today, yeah. I'm going to go in, exactly. I need to get some meds. Yeah, you know, it's like, I didn't, yeah. especially if you're young, exactly. you work out, you're, you're in good shape, back you eat bit. well. Yeah, but I want to touch on... Because this is something that it's not necessarily the healthcare. I think it. I think as a black community, a lot of times we we look outward for to answer a lot of our questions. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know, we're talking about, oh, this is, you got a, a white baby this, and nobody wants to adopt the black kids. How many black families do you know that have adopted a black kid? Not many. I only right. know about two people that in my life that did so it. So we won't even adopt And not to be funny, one of them did it for money. Right. You know, you adopt, what, three or four kids, you can end up getting, like, almost five grand a month. Right. But but we won't even adopt our own, but we're yeah. mad because we're the lowest rated. Lowest adopted, rated. But yeah. we don't adopt. Yeah. So it's like, how can you be mad at that? Exactly. Or, or say, oh, these mothers, their children are dying early, but we know if you have a child and you're not financially stable, stable. you're not going to be able to go get those prenatal shots. Like, you know you're going to have a higher rate so why why put yourself and this is probably you know me talking down i don't think it's talking down but yeah it kind of sounds uh bill cosby's but why put yourself in that situation where you're having you know un- Four and five unprotected kids. sex to the sense that look i mean w- we've been in this game a long time yeah and, and you if you don't want to have kids you cannot have kids you you can you can you, 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 you can do that you, you could can, use a condom you can adopt you could use the withdrawal message met method <laughs> you can put your kid up for adoption so it's like yeah. you have all these options and it's not like you're not getting taught <laughs> yeah so no, i look I at i look inward i'm like well we could do a better well, job yeah, on our could. own yeah. as opposed uh, even cuz i think if we just look at the adoption thing the adoption gap in black families like we every if every black family just said all right i'm going i'm going to take a kid that yeah. could, that could afford it, yeah. Or maybe their kids are out the house and they don't have anybody. Yeah, they say, hey, I'm gonna, they bring I'm gonna in. take in. You know, it could be well, a difference. Let me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back a little bit, Chris, on the adoption piece, just because, uh, you know, in my experience, black families often weren't put in the in the position that they were to adopt other black kids because usually when a child came into custody, uh, the first thing that we would try to do is try to find a relative. For that child to go to right and the majority of kids that i saw that came into custody we were able to place them with one of their you know black relatives before it even got to the point of adoption Adoption. right so a lot of times black families are are quicker to when you talk about the kinship connections and things like that right black families are are quicker to keep the kids from getting to the point where Uh, the parental rights are terminated uh then the white than the white kids are. Yeah, uh, I can relate a lot to of that. Times, uh, the white, in my white family, family a lot. don't want to take the burden on for their, you know, son or daughter because it's like, well, no, I mean, they they, they didn't handle their business, so yeah, I'm the grandfather, but I'm not taking that kid. Uh, and then that kid goes up for adoption and blah 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 blah. So I mean that, that and those are some of the things, man, that I think that some of the statistics don't always show um, because they'll have these statistics out there, but don't tell the, the narrative of why this statistic is seems to be so one-sided or whatever so right. I, and i, I agree know, with that and, and you, you know i didn't think about that just thinking about my own family and how many people within our family has taken on other people and end up being the mom and dad when you like you find out when you're an adult like oh you're really grandma or you're really aunt or you're really this right, and the yeah, third right. right yeah and, and i, I like will acknowledge that kind of thing but but that's family you know i, I like that that's family and like you said we might be more apt to but it's like there's still other kids out there that i don't think yeah as a community we don't really wrap our arms or, if you're not like if you're not one of us or one of ours we're not going to wrap our arms around yeah. you uh the same way yeah now yeah. i think and, and it's one of those things too even if you're not adopting just to reach out to like big brother big sister like right. it's a lot of things you could do i did mm-hmm. that for like two years I, I honestly can't wait to get back to it i stopped because i didn't have time and that's really what you get into it for is to to pay time and attention to the kid and i know um the guy little guy that i had when i was there his name was jeremiah and 
I mean, to, their faces light up to, to have somebody to pay them attention. A lot of times, you don't even have to be there for, like, 30 years or nothing like it's I mean, six months of helping a kid out and showing them that you care and some kind of impact showing them to, to different people. Um, I think, Gary, I think uh, Monica's wife, uh, Monica's friend, Lanisha, she's doing it right now. And, you know, she was telling me that she yeah. was taking the girl out and the girl hadn't had uh, like a not a snow cone, but like she hadn't had yogurt or something, mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, yeah. I was like, hey, let's go get yogurt, and you know, just showing her different things, and you know, she was like, well, I talked to her mom, and I was like, hey, is it okay to show her these different things that she doesn't know about? And sometimes it's just about exposure. We've talked That's about that before. Exactly. To know that it's something else out there outside of just the the four walls of the ghetto or the hood, man. Because if you don't see none of that stuff, and, and I'm a victim of that, like like we talked about growing up. It was a lot of things I wasn't exposed to until like 18 or 21 years old. And I was like, I could have did this. Yeah. I I didn't know anything about that. Yep. But, you know, and and nothing against white people, but they just have a lot of more exposure and they know about certain things and they have connections to where they can put their kids in these camps. They can put their kids here or they take the care of their own, you know, which is why we try to pe- preach that message about black people putting your arm around another black pe- person. It's not about excluding other races, but you got to include ourselves to something too, because we don't right. do that enough. So True. if you are listening, if you have the money and you have the time, go to big brother, big sister, it's definitely worth your time It's worth the kids time. It's, it's, it's something to where it's a, it's a thing to me. It's, it showed me that money definitely isn't everything. And you can give a kid your time, and your time is so much important because you're showing them something, you're exposing them to something else, and they think differently about themselves to go home and say, I did this. Right. You know what I'm saying? And depending on who you are and where you sit, the profound impact that just you and your personal network can have on that kid. So, you know, I'm in the Rotary Club, and there was a guy, they do this mentoring program, and just be quick, this older white couple, most of the people in there are, are, are white folks, they, I mean... To see these white people and how much they give back to people of other races, it really, it like it opens your eyes and it says the narrative that you see a lot of times is not. The it's truth. not what it is, but because it's what media wants. It's what the media wants yeah. you to see. And these white people, they they had this girl, his, Hispanic young lady, uh, husband and wife. Um, right, none of her parents speak English. She, you know, she just has no exposure. Very, now she's like a, a going into her senior year with, uh, with at UT Austin. And she's done internships at DISD, working for the superintendent. Yeah. She's done, done all these cool things because they have access to one the Rotary Club, and you know they're pretty wealthy family. Of course, um, and they just have all this access. And she's like, "Well, I'm like one of the, their kids." So he's like, "Well, what do you want to do again?" Oh, I know a guy that's yeah. that works in the it's superintendent's office. I know, and that kind of thing, like just our network alone yeah. can help a kid unbelievably. Of course I want peace on the streets, but realistically, painting perfect pictures ain't never worked. My misery was so deep, couldn't sleep through all my pressures and my quest for cash. I learned fast, using violent measures, memories of adolescent years. There was unity, but after puberty, we were war to our community. So many bodies dropping, it's gotta stop. I wanna help, but still I'm stepping, keep my weapon. Watching uh, the news this morning, I forgot the girl's name, but it was a little girl who married her favorite nurse and she was battling uh, leukemia. And she had a male nurse who was always there for her, kind of tended to her and, you know, made her happy. You know how you just kind of fall 
for a person who's always around. And I think the little girl may have been like five or six years old. So they did like a little ceremony um, with the uh, bri- uh, the bridesmaids were the other nurses, and they had the flowers on the floor going into the room, and um, they kind of hummed the uh, Here Comes the Bride song, and he came in, and they um, commenced, I guess that's the word, with a hug. I was about to say with a kiss. I was like, that nigga going to jail. But with a hug, you know, and uh, they exchanged, uh, what was it, blow pop rings? So it was just real cute, man. And, I, you know, it, it was one of those things to where it's like, for me, losing my friend to cancer this week and then to see a little girl fighting cancers, you really don't realize how much cancer really takes over people's lives. So to see, like, the kid battling it and walking on her own and everything like that and something special like that, I just thought it was something that needed to be said. But I always like to keep it real. The reality is when I watched it, too, I said, this nigga going to get a lot of ass from this situation. A lot of women are going to see this man, male nurse because he was good looking. He was in shape. I was like, they probably done flooded the emails at the hospital saying, who is this brother? We like to keep it 100. On this show, his pussy rate just went through the roof <laughs> right after that. All right, that's all we got. Well, Miss Rucker, we want to thank you for coming in. Where can people find you at and listen to you or read your stuff at? Thank you for having me. Not a problem. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest for all of the mommies um, at SheFlirty. All right. There you can find all the updated posts. And the website, sheflirty.com, is coming soon, right? Yes. All right. And this food, I'm putting shit. Where can we find you at, Chris? Where can they find you on your solo dolo websites or Instagram? CM underscore Evans, is that it? Chocolatethunder.com. <laughs> Y'all saw this fool in the studio, man. <laughs> and if you want to find any of us, uh, you can find Gary. I think it's Rev Run 2. Rev, Rev, Rev Run Green. Green. Rev Green 2. Oh, Rev Green. Rev, Rev Run. Run. Man, you got to take out. <laughs> <laughs> So Rev Green 2 on Instagram, um, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find me at Sir Robert Poe on Facebook and uh, Instagram. You can find us as a show. The Reality Is, T-H-A, The Reality Is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are now on Periscope. And you can check out the website at therealityis.com. Email us. Send us audio messages about any inquiries or things you have or want to talk about on the show. Hit us up at info at therealityis.com don't forget about our uh, live show next Saturday July 25th at Absence Lounge 1701 South Lamar Street in Dallas, Texas if you miss it you're square you have a good one have a good good week have a good weekend and remember inhale courage to exhale success you guys have a good one The Reality Is is a production of Fishbowl Radio Network my team includes Artesia Swindle Christian Evans Gary Green Brian Fuller and Gabrielle Johnson I'm on Twitter at Sir Robert Poe the show is at The Reality Is and if you like The Reality Is subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a rating or review you can also email us at info at therealityis.com Okay ain't nobody fucking with my click 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 ain't nobody fresher than my motherfucking click 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 as I Look around, they don't do it like my click, 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 and all these bad bitches. Again, I thank you. We plan for God to get to complete glory this time around. Not about anybody else that's done anything. I'm very appreciative for my family. He's blessed me with my family, my work family. Um, but this time, God's going to get to complete glory through this whole process. I thank you so, so much. I can't say it enough. And what you're doing, what you're still doing, the cause I'm still getting. Um, I love you all. Thank you. Um, and we'll keep you posted. God bless. Bye-bye.
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.